This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Alex Ferrario, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango, and our dude Alex Ferrario joining us in the uh, the studio. We have got one Blues game down. And 81 left to go. 81 left to go, Donnie. We've got like, uh, what, like 97 to go? we got postseason to worry about. We, Three we, rounds of seven each. I like it. I like Come exactly on. what you're doing. I want to talk about two things to start here. Right. One is a hot take. The other is about food. Oh, my God. For, hot take. Let's go. First and foremost, I want to go with the food. Uh, have you heard of a place in St. Louis called Terror Tacos? I have not, but I love tacos. All right. Listen. 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 All right. When somebody, when Mary approached me with the idea of a taco place that is all horror movies, heavy metal, and vegan food, what? I say to myself, I don't know, honey bunny. I don't know. This seems like way more your thing than mine. All right. But I went to this place uh, this past week, and I got to tell you something, man. I'm a very meat and potatoes Same. Midwestern fella. I had their carne asada burrito, and I absolutely, looking at you in the face, cannot tell you of a taste difference between actual real meat carne asada and this vegan thing that I ate. Do you feel like you let down your meat lover friends? No, I don't give a crap about them because this damn thing was delicious, Alex. <laughs> I don't, I, dude. I don't care if anything. It's me for like for like judging what it would be, dude. It was so goddamn good, and their menu is loaded with great stuff, with tacos, with burritos. They also do really great uh, like fancy drinks. So if it's like a date night out, man, yeah. they got a killer bar. And then if you love metal. And and horror movies like they're showing Evil Dead 2. What in there? So, like, I'm having a conversation, Bubba. Oh, wow, look, that person's trachea is being ripped out. You know what I mean? So, like, let's have some more carne asada, <laughs> right? But it is, but I gotta tell you, man, there are so many great spots in St. Louis, so many, yeah, so many. Mm -hmm. And I just keep stumbling into ones that I don't think that I would be into, that I'm totally into. So, listen, man, preconceived notion. Throw it out the window. Go to Terror Tacos. I, I love horror films. Like, big horror film guy. Thank God I found a wife who was okay watching them with me. Now, maybe when the trachea is getting ripped out, she backs away from that one. <laughs> but this is an honest space, Donnie. Nobody's listening, right? No yeah. mics are on. This nope. is you and me. Yep. I always want to experiment new restaurants, but I don't feel like I can because I deal with a little something called irritable bowel syndrome. Oh, and every time I'm like, let's go try something new, you eat it. By the time I finish that plate, I'm in the bathroom. And so I always, and I hate this about myself because I always stick with the same thing. Yeah, well, because you don't want to have your insides on the outside. Right. But I hate it because I hear this and I'm like, dude, you got to try this. And I'm like, I, I got to go try it. Like, so BK and I, of course, my co-host on BK and Ferrario, he took me to, I forgot what it was called. I think it's mayo ketchup is what it was called during the baseball season last year. And it's like Dominican food. And I hear that, and I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. Like, any type I get like that international, it's going to mess sucks, me up. That sucks, dude. So you're saying that you would try all of this I stuff. I want yeah. all of it, but I can't. And so, like, luckily I've been able to, like, take some medicine that, like, takes care of it. But, see, I just need to deal with it. I also have lactose intolerance, and I'm like, yeah, bleep that. I'm going to drink some milk. <laughs> right. And I just say I'll deal with the, the repercussions afterwards. <laughs> right. But, like, when I hear restaurants like that, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't even care. If I'm in the bathroom, I'm in the bathroom. I, I got to try this food. So 
So Terror Taco. Terror Tacos. Okay. And then also, too, and this one I'm going to throw to you just because it's a little bit more on the traditional side. But Mary and I, a month or so ago, went to a place called the Golden Hoosier. Um, I've heard of that. Brother, yeah, that was the best son of a bitch and hamburger that I have ever really? eaten in my entire life, dude. And I am a, and I am a connoisseur of a good burger. I love burgers, dude. This thing, man, it was so stinking juicy and good, and like all of the sides were tremendous, and like it was a great date spot. Yeah, like I knew once we sat down that I was getting bonus points by the second because this place was just cool. And if you're like me, Alex, you really can never have too many of those no, bonus. You got to store those bonus points, <laughs> right. like. Store the mushrooms and Mario Brothers. Like, always have that up top, Donnie, because when you get into a spot when you're taking on Bowser and you're little, game over. Game over. All right, so here's the hot take. And uh, I tweeted about this a couple of days ago. I pissed a couple of people off. Always Uh, good. I'm looking forward to doing it more. (laughs) With the exception of Joe Dirt, tell me why and where David Spade has been funny. Oh, I I appreciate David Spade as the sidekick to Chris, to, to Chris, to Chris Farley, Farley yeah, but Chris Farley one. is the real reason that those bits work. And he's not funny in Tommy Boy or Black Sheep because he's sarcastic. Like, he's right? sarcastic funny. I've always loved David Spade because of that. See, and, and like the swarmy thing, okay, I get, but like I just see this dude, and here's the reason that, I, that I'm even remotely, I have a David Spade burr up my ass. Really? It's because, so... I watch a Masked Singer every Wednesday with Dexter. Oh, my God. I'm, this is why you and I are friends. My wife and I love that Masked Singer. Oh, dude. I'm really good at guessing who these people are. I'm terrible at it. Are and my, Oh, dude. And my son, being a guy in radio, my son is completely disappointed when I absolutely De- whiff Dexter's on all like, of these. Dad, who is this? I don't know. It, it reveals that it's this famous rock star. Really, Dad? Right. You, I thought I thought you were on radio, Dad. I <laughs> thought you were on radio. Well, and I told him, like, because Michael, they unmasked Michael Rappaport yeah, this I, last episode. Yeah, I told episode. Katie immediately who that was. So I... So I had met him before, and Dexter's line is like, you've met him and you didn't know who it was? <laughs> yeah, no, Dex, I'm sorry. I, 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 sorry, I, I Dex, didn't. there's other things that go on the radio. But so David Spade has this show now. It's like a game show that's on after Mass Singer, yeah. and it looks so mind-numbingly terrible. And then also on top of it, I'm just watching him do this going, you are the A, the wrong person for this, and B, I don't understand why you keep getting these, like, these, these chances. And, like, I love... Um, I love going. I love listening to Howard Stern even still now. For sure. And a few months ago, he had Dana Carvey and David Spade on because they do a Saturday Night Live yeah. podcast. And man, like I didn't even like that interaction, and it made me like Dana Carvey even less. The, the, like the, there is just something yeah. about that dude that just screams mediocre to me, and he and I just don't. I don't get it. See, I. So it's it's a hot take for sure, but I don't think you're wrong because he is definitely a cup of tea type of person. Like if you like if you like the sarcasm and the in the snark, then you're gonna like David Spade. That's kind of why I like him because yeah. I, I'm full of sarcasm all the time. My wife hates it. Dude, who are you talking to? Oh, that's true. You are sarcastic, <laughs> yeah. but like that's what David Spade's role has always been. Now, when you say what has he been in that's good, that's the thing. David Spade is not a star of a movie, 
he's the secondary piece that just he's the comic relief. He's the guy that adds a little flair to it. Bench warmers, I thought David Spade was hilarious in it. Okay. I, I've he, never seen that. He outshined Rob Schneider in that one. All right. Uh, and then in Grown Ups, the first one, the second one was terrible. First one with Grown Ups, I thought he was the funniest one out of all of them, especially with Chris Rock and Kevin James. But other than that, you're talking about like side roles of Adam Sandler films. Yeah. Like he's never really been the guy. So that's kind of where it falls in. I just like the sarcastic and the, um, for a lack of a better word, the a hole at- yeah. attitude through films. Yeah. I think that's funny. No, I, I I get it. And this is, and honestly, I think that this is one of those things, man. Where like every once in a while, there'll be somebody that'll that you know will just start popping up in the public consciousness, all like all of oh, a yeah. sudden for whatever reason. And you're like, where the hell did this guy come w- from? W- like, can you just go there? Yeah. Are, I just I think that there are other funny people oh, in which God. that can do that yeah. sort of thing. And then also too, in and also I guess. In David Spade, I guess, on his side, the idea for this game show that he's on looks absolutely stupid. So it looks like he is almost a sacrificial lamb at this point. Well, let's go down another rabbit hole before we talk hockey here. Game shows have just gotten awful these days. Like, I I am a enthusiast of the game show network. Like, Uh when I'm Saturday morning, it's rainy outside, I got my cup of coffee, I'm watching game show network. Right. They're all trash. They're not what they used to be in terms of, you know, press your luck or the uh, match game or things like that. Some of them are good. Some of them are just awful in terms of they're making it entertaining. They're making it entertaining so that they can build up your anticipation to the final two minutes of the show. Where in all reality, this hour game show with 1,800 commercials should really be a 30-minute game show because it's stupid. Right. Like, these game shows are awful right now. And then the hosts of the game shows, my God. God, they're terrible. Yeah. The hosts in general just aren't great these days. I was watching Unsolved Mysteries the other night. Ever watch that? I used to when I was Phenomenal. a kid. Yeah. There is not one better host of anything than Robert Stack. Yeah. Robert Stack was the GOAT. Dude. But when you talk like Chuck Woolery, when you talk about Steve Harvey, who's good right now, when yeah. you talk about you know Pat Sajak, where are all the great game show hosts at? That's a that's a very that's good point. My beef. Dude, I'll tell you, I, I, man, I'll tell you what. I... I enjoy Family Feud. I enjoy Steve Feud. Harvey. But dude, that show's gotten a little blue. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like there, there are a couple of times where I'm like in the kitchen, like making dinner, and you know something. Zip- Wait, what? <laughs> this oh. is the feud. Oh, it gets intense. Dude, so there are two. So my, my, it's so funny that you say that. But there are two game shows that I would legitimately maybe consider selling my soul to be on. And one, first and foremost. Is the Price is Right? Oh, like, absolutely, dude! I have loved it since I was a little kid. I watched it with my parents all the time. Dude, which I beat my parents when you were sick from when yep. you were sick at home. Yep. You, you you would you would watch that, yep. and then also Pressure Luck. The, pressure, the, oh yeah, dude! The, the, I have practiced from day one. Wait, 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 all the time. I love it so much. All the time. Man. I would, and I also too though. I would be afraid though on the Price Is Right that I would take a tumble r- running down to oh, the yeah. contestants row. That I would that just guy. be. That I would be so excited about myself. <laughs> there was a, there used to be a game show called. Fr- People are like, what is this a hockey podcast? Right. There, we'll get there. There used to be a game show called Friend or Foe. And I don't know if you remember this one. So it would be a trivia where you would like it would be you and four or six other people, and it would be trivia questions. And the goal of it was to build up your pot as much as possible. And then at the end of it, there are two people left with what everybody built that pot up to be. And then with, like, let's say there's $50,000 in it. You'd walk up to the 
the um, the podium, and you would say friend or foe, and you would do a hand gesture underneath the box. And if you both agreed upon it, then you would split it. So if you both say friend, you would split it. If one says foe and one says friend, the person that says foe keeps all of the money. And when both people say foe, nobody gets the money. I'll be and this used to get me so excited. I felt like I had the strategy in mind. Like, oh, yeah, you make friends with these guys and think, yeah, we're going to split this pot 50-50. And you walk up there and you put the fist and say foe and then take it all. Right. I was a jerk watching that film. But I'm like, oh, my wife watched it with me. She's like, you're kind of a jerk. I said, yeah. Dude, it gets, it gets cutthroat when you're it, watching man. those shows, man. I love it. It's, it's almost like a take no prisoner sort, oh, yeah. of, uh, sort of situation. Probably why I'd never make it on a game show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, so um, listen, here's the thing. I want to talk about the game last night, but there's something, man, that, um, that you know, it, it was it's, it's a game. Yeah. All right, so like... I want to get excited about things. I want, you know what, but but it's like a game, and yeah. I, and I got to try to remember that it's all about pacing yourself. But there are two players specifically that I would just like to pronounce my absolute love for, continued love for rather, and that is Jordan Bennington, yes, who was out of his goddamn mind last night. Yep. And let me tell you something, Sonny, Oscar, welcome back, my dude. Welcome back. Like, I just loved seeing him do that. The Blues needed that and needed him and that bit of grit and and hauling ass all the time. And then Bennington, man, what can you – there is nothing that you – Dude, there's nothing that you could say about that dude last night. He saved the game for him. He was was exactly what everybody said he is not. And what I mean by that is you talk to any national reporter, they're going to look at it and say, Jordan Meddington, average goaltender, can't make the big time save for his team. And uh, we just talked with Jeff Merrick, who I personally love, 32 Thoughts podcast, he and Elliot Friedman, incredible reporter on the Canadian side. And we asked him, what do the Blues need to be to make the playoffs? And he said, 9, 10 or better save percentage for Jordan Bennington. And he said, he can do it. He said, it just is reliant upon him staying in the same mindset. And... The part that got me last night that got me excited, Donnie, was he did everything that people didn't believe he could do. He outplayed Jake Ottinger in that game. 100%. Highlight real save. And Ottinger had a good game, too. Ottinger was awesome in that game. Yeah. But Jordan Bennington made the saves when his teammates made the mistakes. And look, you're going to have mistakes in the game. Yeah. They had 11 defensive zone turnovers last night. That's not what you want. Now, I, I actually will get into it. I thought defense was very impressive in that game. But when your defense makes a mistake, if your goaltender gives up the goal, that's the head dip moment. That's where everybody's like, ah, oh, really? Here we go again. Mm-hmm. And the goal that went in that was called offsides, man, that felt like a, a an ability to breathe life back into that team because Dallas was swarming a little bit. They were in the zone for a good 35, 40 seconds, and they scored. Bennington skated out, comes back into the net. It's offsides. Bada boom. Jordan Bennington was unreal in that game. I mean, he was everything that people don't expect Jordan Bennington to be. Can I ask you, uh, and I could be very off here, and I and I, I hope that I am, but the goal that was called back, yeah, that goal to me seemed like a Blues goal from last year, where the forward 
gets behind both Letty and Pareko, who kind of are both like, oh, wait, he's there. Yeah. Am I, Is that the one that was called back? The, the one that was called back, yeah. yes. I, I, you're right on that one, absolutely. So for people that don't understand, they've, they've shifted schemes a little bit. So it used to be man coverage. And, and Jamie's talked about this on the podcast with you before, to where it, a guy would go to the player who has the puck and then somebody would step into his spot and take over for him. That's that man coverage. Uh-huh. They've shifted it to zone coverage. And what I mean by that is Matt DeFranks had an incredible piece up on the post-dispatch that explained this, but the centerman is the focal point of zone defense. So think of five dots on a dice. Okay, You've got two on each side in a box and one in the middle. That one in the middle is your centerman. Okay. So what happens with that is if the puck's in the far right corner, that right defenseman goes after him, centerman takes his spot. But as soon as the puck moves, defenseman goes back, centerman goes back. And every time it goes to a zone that player goes out and tries to, to to stop the puck. It's two guys on it. The centerman is your floater nonstop. And the the only part for me that caught me in the goal you're talking about is it felt like they dipped back into man-to-man defense. Okay. It felt like it was, you go get him, I'll cover your spot. And it's like, oh, wait, that's not what we're doing here. It's zone defense. Okay. The other one was the goal that was scored by Jamie Benn in the second period. The puck got dumped in. Marco Scandella went after him, but it was off the rush, so the centerman hadn't gotten back to take his spot. That's what left Jamie Benn wide open in front of the net. Okay. At least that's my understanding. Okay. I could be completely off on this also, but the zone defense is is assisting this team into not giving up those backdoor tap-ins. And this is why I was very optimistic about the defense. And, Donnie, you're absolutely right. I, I'm giving myself a month before I can react to this team. I thought they played a really hard-fought game the other night, last night, but it was one game. And mm-hmm. they shut out the Edmonton Oilers at the third game of the season, and we all know what happened after that last year. But defensively, if you play zone, the other team's got to go through layers. That means you're not getting guys parked in front of Jordan Bennington standing there, or you're not getting those second and third rebound opportunities. You're not getting those backdoor tap-ins. When they try and go that pass across the crease, that's where that zone comes into play. Multiple times last night, Colton Pareko and Nick Letty broke up plays in front of the net because of that zone defense. I think it's going to be a benefit to this team. It's just a matter of buy-in. Because as soon as you let it slip where it's, oh, we're in man, go get that guy. Oh, wait, no, we're not, we're sticking in zone. That's where it happens. And you've got to box out the opponents. If you're not boxing guys out, they'll outmuscle you. They'll get those opportunities to deflect. But also, too, and not to be an ex- not to be an excuse maker, but like when you're implementing a new system, this is all still very new. Yeah. E- even, even though they had preseason and training camp, mm-hmm. this is all still new in the execution of everything. And you're doing it at game speed when you're trying not to think about it. Good and luck. And you're doing it against another team that actually has their full roster on the ice. Think of, like they didn't have that in that, preseason. Yeah, You're going yeah, yeah. up against like the only game that they actually played as close to an NHL game as possible was that final game on the road in Dallas, where the Blues sent their NHL guys. Dallas had a majority of their guys. That's it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're talking about teams with maybe three NHL players on it, and it's the rest backup. It's AHL players. It's PTO guys. Not saying that those guys aren't tough to play against. But the scheme isn't in place. You don't understand how to go against their defense. You haven't seen it. They don't understand how to go against yours. So you're right. Like, you've only done this a couple of games and a few weeks in preseason, which is good. 
But think of how long that a majority of these guys were playing under Mike Van Ryan yeah, with a man. different defensive scheme. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you do something for eight straight years and then you're told, okay, don't do that again, you're going to revert back to it right. every once There's in a gonna while. There's going to be a lot of muscle memory yeah, there for and sure. So that's why the people that say, well, there were 34 shots on goal last night. Absolutely. You want to see those lower. But there were nine scoring chances last night, according or high danger scoring chances last night, according to Natural Stat Trick, which is an analytics site that I use. And Craig Berube has told me in the past, anything less than twelve is a good defensive game for us in high danger scoring chances. Mm-hmm. And you gave up nine against that team. Yeah, thirty four shots is a lot. But you know, a lot of those shots were one and dones, Donnie. A lot of those shots were not in front of the net. And a lot of those shots were based off of defensive zone turnovers. You clean that up. You get the puck out of the zone the way that Craig Berube talks about, you're probably giving up 20, 25 shots last night to Dallas. And also one of the things, too, man, that that like that 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 Jamie is always uh quick to remind me and remind uh, remind in the situation like this is the other team's good too. Yeah. There <laughs> you are know? peaks and valleys. <laughs> you know, man. So like so so it's not as though that you're gonna be able to go into Dallas and just run them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a good goddamn team. Yeah. So you, you know, you gotta sort of play that chess match, and I think that the Blues did that last night. I wanna ask about a guy that seemed to pop up on the screen a couple of times that just seems to be able to create on his own. Well, you know what? B- before I get to him, um, it is so apparent to me watching the skill set of Jordan Cairo how unbelievably special of a player that this kid I I mean he dude he's kind of otherworldly almost like I don't know that I have seen a blues player like sort of in his kind of mold man this kid man has got the the tools to be something he's got the tools to be a hundred point player and we haven't had a hundred point player in St. Louis Donnie since Brendan Shanahan Wow. Yeah. Think about that. Since the 90s, we haven't had a 100-point player. So, like, Kyrie's got that skill set. And, you know, somebody texted in on the post-game show last night, which, boy, I love those text messages. I've missed them. <laughs> someone, texted in, <laughs> someone texted in and said, did Jordan Kyrie look less eager than everyone else on the ice? And I, I looked at the stat sheet, and I said, my man had six shots on goal, nine total shot attempts, played 18 and a half minutes. And this is the part that, you know, some people will say, well, the analytics don't matter. Moneypuck.com, who does a really good job of line shifts, they had a less than one expected goals against uh, against the other team's top line. That's a really good game for yeah. them. Jordan Kyrou skated back and broke up a couple of plays last night. I think some people, and I'm not, I'm not like downplaying it because I understand last year wasn't good. I think some people still have the lasting effects of what he was last season and aren't looking at it as a fresh season for Jordan Kyrie. Yeah. You can't look at it as, well, this was Jordan Kyrie last year. It's going to be him this year. Jordan Kyrie worked on it all season. They've talked about it. Barubi's even said that he's made massive strides in terms of his two-way play. But Jordan Kyrou is not going to be a Selkie Trophy finalist. Right. People need to understand that. Yes. What Jordan Kyrou is, is a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. He's a point producer. Now, he didn't... He didn't get anything last night. That's okay. Offense is going to come. But when I've got a guy who's shooting the puck nine times in a game, six of them hit the net, I'm good with that. I'm good if you're on the ice and you're not back-checking the hardest as everybody else because the scheme that they're playing, Donnie, centerman is the most important man to get back. It's defense, it's center, and then it's the wings. So it's not, well, Kyrou's not the first one back. No, it's Kyrou's focusing on the offensive side of it and the two-way side of it is secondary. Well, and also too, man, and I and and I could almost hear people's eye rolls when I say this, and I want to yeah. drive me crazy. It's all right, beautiful part but, of radio. But, but but 
I think the thing that sometimes we fail to register, and I know that I do, is that Jordan Cairo is still 23 years yeah. old or 24 years yeah. old, whatever the case may be. Yeah, he and this, Thomas. These dudes are still learning, and that's all right, yeah. man. And that's why I feel like you can have that glass half full for this year because I think that we can expect some growth out of those guys, man. And and, and so I just – you young men that are still figuring it out yeah. in a really difficult freaking sport to play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I just, it's just watching him last night. I mean, that dude can seemingly create out of a nothing, yeah. like nothing. And then also too, um, and this is a guy that, that, you know, the blues got from Detroit last year, Verona, man, oh, yeah. dude, I love this guy. He, he is another one that seemingly is like, Holy smokes, he just did what? This like, is my sneaky pick to score 30 to 40 goals this season. I really think Yakub Verana is going to be an offensive weapon that everybody projected him to be when he was at Detroit. Really? He's just, he's got such a good shot. He's got arguably up there with Jordan Cairo as one of the best shots on the team. Mm-hmm. It's quick. It's a really snappy shot. He's got a one-timer that can be useful. Uh, the one thing that I didn't like was the power play in that game last night, but as we just talked about with defense, like you've practiced power play maybe three days during preseason and training camp. It's going to come. Mm-hmm. Dallas had a fifth best power play last season and went 0 for 4 last night. But he's got such a quick release that Veron is a guy that can create havoc in front of the net. And I love that line with Kevin Hayes. One guy that stuck out to me, Donnie, was Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes won 63% of his faceoffs last night. Wow. Like that's huge to have that guy on your team because they were bad in the faceoff dot last season. But he's so big that you can't get the puck off of his stick. And we're talking about two guys that create space Kevin Hayes and Sammy Blay on that line. Imagine what Verona can do. Now, they only played about 13 minutes last night, which is why it's going to be tough to get there. But I think the more that they go, the more chemistry they build, that line's going to be on the ice more. You're going to get more power play time. Verona's going to be a threat to deal with. Do you see the lineup changing at all for Saturday, or do you think no. that they roll with the with the um, same? Uh, I, I could see them maybe getting... Bortuzzo in over Scandella, but I don't think you're going to change anything. Right. I mean, Tucker, good for Tucker to get that goal, man. How about that? I loved that, man. <laughs> like You talk about a dude that just was told to come in and be physical and yeah. just be a stay-at-home defenseman. He had two shots on goal last night. Like, good for him, man. Mm-hmm. You get it, you put it on net, anything can happen. That's right. Especially when you got guys buying into going to the front of the net. So Tyler Tucker is going to stay in, and I, I think that's a really massive step for him last night. I thought Scandella played a good game, but I could see them getting maybe some fresh blood in there just to kind of get their feet going since it's been a long preseason and training yeah. camp. But other than that, no. I mean, your forward lines are going to stay the same. Yeah. I don't see them making any changes in terms of shifting guys around. I think the identity of each line is very apparent. You've got your number one line in Thomas Kyrou Buchnevich. You've got a shutdown line with Saad, Shannon, Kapanen. They were the ones that played against the Duchesne line last night. You've got your third line that could be a second line, but it's kind of that body creates space for check line. Sammy Blake, Kevin Hayes, and Jakub Verana. And then you've got your your momentum shifting line, your tone setter line, the fourth line that Peruby's been wanting for in neighbors, Sonny and Torpchenko. You've got four lines that have an identity. So I see those guys sticking together for a good chunk of time before they figure it out. So I feel like though, and you, you know, this is probably, excuse me, goes without saying, but like, when it's a play, when it's players like Scandella and Bortuzzo that have so much NHL experience, that do you feel maybe a little bit better 
with them being able to do the play a game, sit, play a couple, sit a couple. You know what I'm saying? Because that, to me, would be so hard as a player. You get into a groove, you get into a rhythm, and then you got to go to the press box. Yeah. But maybe those guys, as as a bit as veterans, have a, a, an ability to handle that a little bit better? Yeah, I think so. Uh, if this was Tyler Tucker or Scott Perinovich we were talking about, I'd say, no, don't do that. Because those are guys that need reps and need consistent reps. Because if not... they might as well be in Springfield. Exactly. You should be in Springfield. And then you've got the waivers to worry about. But guys like Robert Bortuzzo and Marco Scandella, first of all, look, Marco Scandella had surgeries the last couple of years. Like, my my man's gone through a lot. So, I I mean, I can understand if they want to kind of not ease into it, but, you know, make sure they're kind of... you got to keep them fresh. Exactly. And then Robert Bortuzzo, I mean, look, Robert Bortuzzo is a guy that knows exactly what his role is on the team. So, he's sitting in the press box one night, you put him in the next night, I think he's even hungrier to perform. Both both of those guys have the exact same role this season. It's third pair, shut down defensemen, penalty kill, blocking shots, and be physical. And that's why I believe they're intertwined. That's why Tyler Tucker made this roster. What Because you have Tyler Tucker, who can be in the lineup, but Marco Scandella and Robert Bortuzzo are guys that should be in the lineup, and if one's not there, Tyler Tucker's in. Three guys play the role that Craig Berube wants. Perunovic made this roster because he fills those gaps for Tory Krug and Nick Letty, who can be the offensive puck-moving defenseman. So, yeah, if it's one in, one out, I think you're actually going to get a hungrier player from a Marco Scandella and Robert Bortuzzo. They'd want to be in the lineup every night, which right. I understand, and frankly, I don't, I don't if they don't make changes, I don't see a problem there because I thought Marco Scandella and Tyler Tucker did a really good job as a third pair last yeah. night. Um, but that's just to kind of keep bodies in the lineup, and Burby likes to do that and make sure that they're staying fresh. That's where I could see Bortuzzo getting in. You know, I, I really I love hockey, obviously. I love watching you from afar. You seem like a discus kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching hockey from a, in Canada from afar. Yeah. Um, obviously, I would love to be in the thick of it, but it is so amazing. So I guess... Edmonton got housed in their first oh, game. Was it like eight to one or something like that? Shellacked. And I believe it was the next morning, and I don't remember where I saw it. I don't know if it was Sportsnet or where it was, but it was. Does Edmonton already have a goaltending problem? And I was just, and it just made not to say that already, they don't, not had. to say that they don't, but like one game in. And, oh, my God, yeah. we're calling the Calvary already. <laughs> I mean, yeah, eight goals against Vancouver. I get it. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing with Edmonton, too, man. Like, they knew that they weren't strong in the goaltending department. They were pursuing Connor Hellebuck in the offseason. Like, that tells you everything you need yeah. to know. Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner, they aren't it, man. They both played, and they both gave up four goals. Um, and Campbell is really a 1B, right? Yeah, Campbell. And I forgot which team he was it. Was it Washington he was with? Or, Toronto. Toronto, that's yeah, right, yeah. yeah. He was a 1B. And, I mean, it was an awesome 1B. Like, that's what you want. You want the guy to rely on when your number one goes down. Like, Ville Husso was that for the Blues. Uh, Carter Hutton, Brian mm. Elliott, all of those guys were awesome 1Bs that looked like 1As when they got the opportunity. The tough part is when you give them the money and you say, go be the 1A. And that's where I think they fell short. I can understand the the frustration with Edmonton. I saw, I think it was Mark Spector that put it out. He's been covering the Oilers for a long time. And he tweeted afterwards, and he said, it's hard for me to imagine a team that's had captain skates, which is essentially everybody skating with the team in the offseason for as long as they did to look that bad on the ice. And that was Vancouver. And like yeah. Vancouver, I wasn't very high on. 
And I don't think many people are. They just dominated them. I mean, McDavid picked up, what, a point in that game? The Dreisaitl goal? Power play was, which again, power plays are so fickle in the early portion of the season. But yeah, that's very good. Like, not only did they got a goaltending problem, but Matias Ekholm didn't play. And when you take that out of your lineup, your defense looks lost out there. Can I tell you the story that I loved from that game, though? Yeah, please. I, I read this afterwards. So Thatcher Demko was the starting goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks. And he was the guy that started the game. I think he stopped 21 of 22 or 22 of 23 shots. Then he got pulled. And they were like, what's going on? So apparently he was battling the stomach flu, and he puked in his helmet. I read that. Yeah, he was throwing up in his helmet. And they he had to like take it off and clean it out and then put it back on and played. And the dude didn't get – he gave up one goal. And then they took him out, and then they shut the rest of the way down. But, like – Dude, I love when guys are like that, but how about that? Let me let me tell you something. You couldn't even beat a guy who had puke in his eyes, Donnie. Dude, hockey players They're are the, the best. best. They're the Dude, best, man. The, the, the best! Like, imagine vomiting in your helmet and saying, let's do this. So this, so this reminds me, um, and I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to embarrass him at all. Who would know who it is. So uh, my freshman year in high school, I played inline hockey with a whole bunch of guys that um, went to try out for Hazelwood Central for their ice hockey team, mm-hmm. obviously. And my buddy was a goalie. My buddy was really incredibly nervous to be there. First shot in the tryouts, he yaks. No. All, I mean, he gets it right in the stomach and yaks all over the ice. Helmet, oh. jersey, like it was on his Came glove. Through. Oh. So like, So like weeks later when we were playing at this inline rink, his gear still smelled like puke. No, well, and like, hockey gear always stinks. It, it was so obviously, yeah, it's yeah, bad. yeah. But it was just like that, and that. So that happened freshman year, and that dude, you know, ended up being like a pretty solid, you know, club goaltender. Blah blah blah. Never lived it down. Oh, I mean, like, did they call never, him like pukes or something like that? It, I, I don't exactly remember oh. the name, the nickname, but but he ended up doing okay. I mean, I think he's like. A lawyer or something. He's got a super hot wife. So you know what I mean. We're good. Yeah, he's good, man. He he totally leveled up. But it just that Uh, that just what that reminds me because it was like a story the next day at school. Hey, did you hear about him? He puked. Blah 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 blah. No, really. And I and then you like it's that it's that combination of like oh my god that's hilarious, but also that's your homie and you feel bad for him. I'll tell you this: you're not going to give up goals if dudes are coming in and not shooting the puck if you're vomiting everywhere. I mean, so I'll never forget. I I talked with when the 50th anniversary and they had the Winter Classic. That whole season I was working at KMOX and I was interviewing alumni. Everybody I could get a hold of, I would interview them and talk to them for a good 13 minutes about the Blues. The conversation I had with Glenn Hall was so incredible. I mean, he was older, so like you weren't getting a lot out of him, but he said he was willing to do it and I was so appreciative of it. We probably talked for 25 minutes, Donnie, and this guy had the most nerves you would ever imagine. And people have heard the stories like he would yak before games. It would be in the trash can in the locker room. But what Glenn Hall told me, he was like, yeah, he's like, I had to force myself to do that because he's like, I, I couldn't I couldn't withstand the 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 nerves to go into that hockey game. And I would just get so worked up. He said, I would it would be nerves, it would be anxiety, it would be so much just just like pumped up emotions that I couldn't stop myself. And so I had to vomit. Otherwise I couldn't play the hockey game. And it's like, dude, imagine. And I mean, Glenn Hall is one of the best goaltenders to ever play. Yeah. And the dude never took nights off. Imagine, imagine having to like vomit before you play a game. Oh my God. And like, I, 
I'm also feeling kind of sad for this training staff as well, well who's ever got to clean up in a locker room. Well, yeah, you walk in, you're like, son of a... Someone get the trash can. God damn it, and Glenn. Can't we do this outside? Glenn, there's a bathroom right over there. Please. <laughs> But I, I mean, I gotta imagine there were a lot of guys that have ago. Like, imagine the dudes that used to like in the '90s know that they were fighting in games that yeah. night. Like when you saw that Detroit was on your schedule, imagine knowing that you were gonna have to go up against those dudes. Yeah, you probably weren't. You're probably doing it at the hotel room before you showed up because you couldn't sleep. Yeah, I, I actually, man, to a certain degree, I kind of feel a little bit guilty with some of that stuff in the 90s before I knew about CTE and oh, concussions yeah. and all that stuff. You, you've I, seen I, Ice Guardians, right? I have not. The documentary that Chaser no. was a part of? Oh, man, do yourself a favor. I think it's on Netflix still, but watch it. Yeah. It is it is such an incredible background in hearing from all of these guys that were those players. Yeah. It's intense, man. I, I just, I just as a, I mean, it just took me a lot of years of my life to of go, course. oh, Oh, wow. This isn't good. That is not at all good. And then, like, even now when I see, like, something on hockey fights or something, I'm like, oh, I do not enjoy this the same way that I used to. And maybe just because I've gotten older or whatever the case yeah. may be, man, but it's it just different. Well, uh, Alex, I think that we have approached this. If I can if I can compliment us, which I'm going to, uh, I think that we've handled this uh, the way that we should. Yeah. We, we got a little uh, goofy talk out of the way I was gonna say, initially. The horror film and taco talk. Yeah, yeah. Irritable bowel syndrome. Yep, yep. Uh, Game show network. David Spade. David Spade. And yakking in trash cans and on the ice. We have covered a lot of ground. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, what are you guys doing? Are you out at Centene today? Yes, we're out at Centene today for BK and Ferrario, and then I'll be at Enterprise Center Saturday for the uh, Blues game. And one thing I'm excited about this year, Donnie, so you can do this as well, uh, I'm taking live phone calls on post-game shows. Oh, boy. Started this year, so yeah, I know. Oh, boy. So uh, make sure you give us a call on post-game because... I love your tweets. Let's get your voice on the radio. Well, here is here. I I I wonder if there's a way for people to take a breathalyzer test before they call into you. You know, that's a smart that, thing. I, if, if there is a way in which that we could well, sort of perfect that sort of thing. Technically, my breathalyzer test is Grant Francis. He's our producer <laughs> that kind of screens the phone calls. We had one last night that called in, Donnie, and it's so funny watching guys because I remember I was this dude. I I call I screen calls on KMLX, whether it was for sports or, or, or politics. And so Grant picks up the phone. I'm on the air. And Grant's like, Grant Francis, what, what do you want to talk about? And I mean, no joke, Don, he was on the phone for five minutes, and his eyes were just getting <laughs> wider and wider. And then he hangs up, and I'm like, okay, so he didn't want to talk. He goes, no, I just wanted to rant about how the Blues need to spend more money and make trades. And I'm like, dude, it is game one of an 82-game schedule. So can't wait to take those phone calls. It is sometimes amazing to me. Honestly, I just wonder why people like sports. It seems like they hate Oh, I know, right? <laughs> But it makes for such good radio when people call in and are frustrated. Like, I love that. Well, sometimes it's sometimes when there is a point made, then I go, yes. Yeah. But a lot of times, man, it, it's just like, I think we should trade Cairo and Thomas to the Penguins for Latang and Crosby or just some just asinine, stupid crap. And it just drives me absolutely Batty, yep. and you got 81 games of it. I can't wait <laughs> for Alex Ferrario, our buddy Jeff Burton, and uh, currently on the road with the Blues, Mr. Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango. Thank you very much for listening. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com.